Hello, everybody, and welcome. Welcome to the Intelligent Property Investor Masterclass of the Week. Got a bit of a lineup for you this week. We're going to be talking about, um, obviously, the economy. And why am I doing that? Well, I'm talking about it because I want you to be more intelligent. I want you to be more informed because when you are more informed, you make better decisions. And when you make better decisions, you make more money. And isn't that what we're all about when we start talking about um, investing and particularly in property? Property is my absolute favourite and uh, you can see I'm going to be very, very biased, of course, towards property, but anyone who's followed me for any length of time knows that I'm totally biased and unashamedly so. So welcome to the Masterclass for this week. Now, this is part of a, a larger series. Um, if you're uh, watching me on my um, on my uh, email, on my website, then you're going to uh, have all access to a whole lot of other stuff there, which is all free to you as well. And that is iloverealestate.tv. If you're listening to me somewhere else, I've got a YouTube channel. You might be watching my videos there. Fantastic. And you might be listening to me on either Spotify or iTunes. Now, if you're on Spotify or iTunes, unfortunately, you don't get the benefit of seeing all my amazing charts and graphs and everything that I want to share with you. But look, if you want to do that, jump onto one of the other platforms. Jump onto my website, iloverealestate.tv, and you can see all the information, all the charts, and why I get so excited about where we're heading in the market right now. So let's get into the weekly masterclass. All right, lots of data to share with you this week. Some of the things I'm going to be covering this week are why retail sales are three years ahead of schedule. It's pretty important. Uh, recent figures have come out this week, so we're going to be talking about retail sales. The one Australian capital where the population is actually growing. Now remember, when we've got a growing population, obviously there's growing demand as well. And that means we need to have more supply to meet that demand. But it's patchy. It's not, it's not even. The next thing we're going to be talking about is how businesses are actually preparing for, uh, for the work from home phenomenon that we've all been forced into initially, but pretty reluctant to give back for a lot of us as well. And the last thing I want to talk about is COVID itself, the outbreak getting out of control around the rest of the world and what it means for us here and how one of the richest countries in the world is one of the hardest, hardest uh, affected there and what that means for us. So that's kind of gives you an idea of what we're going to be covering in this particular masterclass for the week. So let's get into it. All right. First of all, uh, I'm going to start with the COVID stuff. Now, you're probably all sick of hearing about this, but I really want to uh, bring it to your attention. I haven't done this for a number of weeks, but I want to talk about it because we're going through a second wave right around the world. Not here, not here, but certainly elsewhere. This chart shows you how there's been a massive surge. In fact, the, uh, the surge in uh, coronavirus um, um, confirmed cases has actually peaked what it was at its peak last year. You can see where they're mainly, uh, the, the problem is Europe's still got a massive problem right across Europe. I was talking to someone who's, um, whose family is from Ireland and what they're going through. England, I've got a mate there I was talking to him through the week. Uh, you know, the lockdown, some of them have been in lockdown for like 11 months, not allowed at homes for 11 months. It's ridiculous. Um, so we're pretty lucky in this country, I can tell you. America's still got very high cases, but uh, as you'll see shortly, they're going crazy with the vaccines 
and uh, we'll see what happens there as far as curbing it or not. Asia-Pacific, a lot of the um, the Asian countries, particularly places like Philippines and those sort of places, really, really suffering. And a little bit up here in the Middle East, not too much there, as you can see. So, look, Australia is very well placed in all of this. The new confirmed cases by country, again, gives you some idea. These are the, these are the major players. India's, India's probably in the thick of it right now. India... Gosh, if you've seen any of the, the news coverage during the week, what's happening over there with the mass, you know, crematoriums set up in streets and it's, it's just horrific. And my heart goes out to anyone living there or that has family from over there because it really, you know, it, it, it's, it's a catastrophe. That's what it is. It's a catastrophe. So, um, you know, with oxygen bottles and all of those sort of things. So really, really tough. Now, the flow-on effect from that economically for us is a lot of the Indian-based um, uh, flow-on industries that we have here in this country, like call centres and the like. Um, banking systems, a lot of them do their processing internationally. Well, they've had to have a major shake-up. Now, this was one of the reasons why financing was so slow last year, and it's still very, very lagging now. In you know, If you go to get a, a loan at the moment, the, uh, the time it takes to actually get all of your processing done is phenomenal. Banks are trying to lend, but because they put a lot of their, offshore, uh, their processing offshore, they're now feeling uh, the effects of that because a lot of the countries where it has been, like the Philippines and India, um, are really, really suffering. And, you know, it, it is one of the economic flow-ons from what's happening on an international basis as well. So, uh, you know, this, this is just a horrible, horrible story, no matter which way you look at it. Uh, this is India. You can see there, you know, 350,000 cases a day. This is, this is beyond belief. Um, the death toll is horrific, you know, th nearly 3,000 a day as well, 2,500. It, it's horrific. And, and as I say, the flow-on effect is, is pretty dire. As far as the uh, reported cases go, it's not just those countries. Like Japan as an example, you know, four or 5,000 a day. Now, that pales in significance to what we're talking about from an Indian perspective, but it's still a lot. You know, imagine if we had that in this country, what it would mean to us. I mean, we get a sniffle and everybody, the whole city shuts down. I'm exaggerating, obviously. But, you know, the flow-on effect is pretty dire. I thought I'd put this in. Now, look... I know a lot of my listeners, they're going to be in two camps. They're either going to be really pro the vaccinations or they're going to be very, very negative on the vaccinations. I'm going to be Switzerland here. Um, I, I'm going to assess things from an economics basis, but the rollout of the vaccinations, you can see the countries that have really gone hard on vaccinations. America, massive. You know, they've been very on the ball with all of everything that that means. Obviously, they're producing it over there as well, so they're not... They're not caught up in the um, the supply issues that they've, they've that Australia is having, as an example. England, massive vaccinations. Um, Saudi Arabia, massive vaccinations. Uh, you can see a Chile actually, and a little bit there at the uh, the bottom there in Argentina, but not all of Argentina. You can see all of that is uh, you know it, it's hard, and and you look at what's happening um, in Brazil again, same sort of things. We're just not getting the coverage. So, you know, we're talking about herd. Uh, immunity and all of that kind of stuff. I want to see how it plays out in America and I'll be watching this as we go through the next few weeks and months. I want to see how the vaccination is playing out economically 
for a country like America because, uh, you know, as far as how we respond, we respond more like America than any other country in the world. So we need to see how that's playing out, what effect it's having on businesses, what effect it's having on industries, all of those sorts of things. Um, you know, regardless of which side of the fence you sit on, there is, a, there is something here that we need to pay attention to. Is it working? Is it not? What does it mean? Economically, all of those other things, ethically, all of that kind of stuff. Which, as I said, I'm going to remain Switzerland here. Um, and, uh, you know, as I've got very, very avid listeners on completely opposite ends of the scale here. Let's just talk about what it means economically. So do that right now. Let's talk about Australian economy. Clearly, we haven't had anywhere near what the rest of the world has been, uh, has been suffering. Uh, you know, we, you know I, I got up the other day and I went for a walk along the beach and had a swim and, you know, sat on my balcony and had a cup of tea and socialised with friends. We had a barbecue. It's like situation normal. This is not the stuff that is happening elsewhere in the world. And I think we need to take stock of that in this country. You know, we are doing really well. We are isolating. We are an island, which, which helps. I mean, imagine being a country in the middle of Europe at the moment with no borders and boundaries and all of those sort of things going on. It'd be really, really tough to try and contain any of the medical fallout from that. But economically in Australia, we've got some really good figures uh, rolling through. Manufacturing is up. You know, we're starting to see more and more manufacturing being done in this country. Um, you know, even myself, I've, I've been importing for some, some years now and uh, I needed to get some, um, actually some glamping tents. I'm putting in some glamping tents in, in one of my properties. And, um, you know, I had to think twice as to whether I wanted to order them from overseas or Australia. I went for Australia. Now, they're three times the price that I could get from overseas, um, but at least I know I've got them. I know the quality's better. I know, you know, all of those other things. So manufacturing has taken a turn. Uh, a lot of the, the small things, stupid stuff, that we've been importing from overseas, we can make here in Australia. Tissues, for God's sake. You know, we don't need to be importing that kind of stuff. We can make them here. And I think it's fantastic that we're doing that. And our manufacturing industries have needed a resurgence for some time. We, we signed a stupid agreement back in the 70s, and it's still current today, to actually consciously outsource manufacturing elsewhere. There was a treaty that was signed at the time. It was stupid. It was stupid then. It's stupid now. Because what we've done is we've put ourselves in a precarious situation where we don't have the capital expenditure. We don't have the trained people. We don't have any of those things to manufacture back here in this country. That needs to change. It needs to change. It is slowly. It is changing very, very slowly. But because we've had such exposure to uh, cheaper regimes in Asia, particularly, um, it's going to be a slow road to recover and bring that manufacturing back into the country if we can at all. Um, through COVID, yes, we've had a massive surge. This is the surge you can see here, higher than we we have been for a number of years from a manufacturing base. But it's, it's a slow and steady race. We need to be a lot higher than we have been for decades, let's face it, really, since we started to cut back in the 70s. I mean, look, I'm going to get my horse through here for a minute. You know, just go back a few years, pre-COVID, pre-everything, we lost Ford manufacturing in this country and we lost Holden. So whether you're a Ford person or whether you're a Holden person and there was Bathurst going on and who was going to win the race in the old days of Peter Brock and all of that kind of stuff, we only had to change one thing to keep those industries here in Australia. All we had to do at a government level is say all government cars have to be Australian made. End of story. 
Do you know what would have happened? We would still have a car industry in this country. And that's all we had to do. Just, just go all government departments, federal, state, local governments, all have to have Australian-made cars. We would have a booming manufacturing industry in this country. Now, that's something that places like America have got the balls to do, and we don't. And I think that needs to be brought forward. That's stuff you can write into your local member about and start to get on your high horse about because that's the stuff we need to be back, back here into Australia on all sorts of levels. Uh, services industry, we're doing pretty well there. Um, you know, we're pretty good from a services industry. That's our consulting and our technology and our, you know, everything we do at a higher level. We're pretty good there. We're back up to pre-COVID levels. Um, which is great, but we could go a lot further with that as well. And again, it requires investment into those industries, new technology, new, um, you know, the innovations, actually supporting R&D and those sort of things for companies, giving grants to people to actually advance and start manufacturing in this country. I mean, the two are tied together. Uh, you know, if we did more of that, it, rather than, um, you know, doing a lot, of, a, a lot of other rubbish, wasted money, it would really start to rebuild this country. And I think, I think this is something that we need to do more of. We are a small country. We are a small population. We are less than 2% of the world, world uh, economically. And we need to be a lot more parochial about our country and have a lot more pride um, and start to support new industries and, uh, and employment in this country and development in this country. I'm really getting off, off track here, but anyway, that's my thoughts for the day or for the week. Generally, business confidence is back. We're seeing a, a really good uh, resurgence, resurgence in business confidence. And of course, we have to have business confidence in order to have the flow-on effect into um, investment in capital investment, into uh, more industry investment, into more jobs being created, and the wheels go around. Those people get employed. They have more money. They have more money to spend. Therefore, you know, the more money we spend on Australian goods, the more we can... Well, dividends go up. You know, the companies get profitable. They employ more people. And the whole thing goes round and round and round. That is the wealth effect. That is how that, that plays out. A sidebar to that wealth effect is part of that because we all have more money and the money's going around, etc., we actually end up having asset prices go up as well, which includes house prices. So it's a sidebar to what's happening, but that's what we're playing through at the moment. And that's what we're seeing here also in retail sales. As we start to spend more, as we are running relatively normal lives, all of those sort of things, we're having more of a shift into spending and retail sales, the, the figures came out during the week, retail sales are up. Now, these retail sales are the highest they have been for a long time. In fact, if you look at the tracking in this chart of how retail sales have been growing since, say, 2010, I picked a figure there, and they had a bit of a, a bump through COVID, bit of a, this is the, the, the second lockdown here in, um, in uh, um, uh, Victoria, and then we've had the bump, and then it was Christmas, and we've started. We are three years ahead of where we would normally be for normal growth in retail sales. Now, that's significant. It's significant because a lot of the Australian businesses have actually adapted really well to the new regime. I was watching um, online auctions the other day uh, of properties and, you know, the way it's done and how you can see the countdown and who bid and all this kind of stuff. It's, it's crazy how technology is catching up so quickly with this new regime, this new world that we are now living in. 
And that's flowing right through. If we start to have a look at house, um, the, the economy, sorry, this is the, the economic forecast. This was put out by Deloitte's Economics, which are a pretty good indicator of what they think is going to happen for uh, 2021. And you can see every single state is picked to, uh, to increase economically uh, through 2021. Victoria is tipped to have the greatest growth. Now, the reason for that is it's had the hardest time. It's had the hardest time. It's had the second lockdown. It's been in the doldrums for the longer period of time. So it's got some catch up to play. So uh, Victoria, I can see I'm very bullish on Victoria at the moment and the resurgence that's happening there. Queensland's doing well because a lot of the southern states are actually moving north because we've had a better life over the last 12 months than, than most of the rest of the country. We've had a freer life, all of those sort of things. Um, but right across the board, there's, there's going to be growth. There's going to be that increase. This is an expansion of what the Deloitte's... Um, uh, research has actually shown and I mean just at a glance look at all the arrows this is the chart that I pulled out before to show you the economic growth and what they expect there but population um, is actually expected to be smaller for 2022 and the reason for that is no more people are coming in there's you know there's there's more people dying although we're having a lot of babies there's a lot of COVID babies coming out there uh, but what we don't have is uh, is the immigration. Now, here's something that I'm going to make a prediction here. And, um, you know, we can see whether I'm right or wrong. 2021 is going to have a massive surge. And the reason for that is we were so undersupplied economically and from a, a housing perspective, it's going to have a massive surge. Then we're going to see a little bit of a cooling until, hold your breath, until we start to open up our borders to international um, migration again. Soon as that happens, if we have any degree of an open gate, I'm going to tell you, prices are going to soar again for another two or three years. So you, we might have this little brief lull in there, but as soon as those borders are open, I'm telling you, we're going to have a massive take up. Um, there's you know 300 odd people returning to the workforce, 300,000 people. I mean, um, you know, business confidence, uh, business investment up 3.1 percent, household spending up 6 percent, the overall GDP growth of Australia 4.4 percent up, public spending up 7.8. That's a lot of the infrastructure spending, create huge amounts of jobs. Um, imports are up, but so too are exports. So, you know, Access Economics has, has really put a lot of work into a lot of this and what's happening and wage growth and all that kind of stuff. So it's a good picture. This actually leads into this uh, article that I thought I'd just throw you here. It's from the Business Insider and said, uh, you'd rather be here than almost anywhere else. The Australian economy is beginning to recover is beginning its recovery, sorry, with Victoria set to lead the pack. So that's that's kind of a flow on from what I was talking about before. You've got to be part of this. You cannot afford to miss these next few years. You've got to be part of it. You've got to be educated. You've got to be on the ball. You've got to be making the maximum out of your situation. Now, I don't care if you're sitting there with no money at all or whether you've got, you know, buckets in the bank or lots of equity or what any home or anything else. The fact is there is always a place for you to start. And the more educated you are, the more informed you are, which is, again, why I'm doing these weekly updates for you, the better decisions you're going to make, the more money you're going to make. And now is not a time to slacken off. We've got to be part of this, guys. You've got to be part of this in, in the most efficient, the biggest manner that you possibly can. Do not miss this period of time. This period of time that we're coming into right now has the opportunity to set you up for life. The next 
three, four, five years are going to be a, a significant period of, of time in history where you could replace your income, you could get debt free on your, your home and your, your, your personal assets, etc., and never have to work a day in your life. Now, it doesn't matter whether you do or you don't. You may love your job. You think, fantastic, that's great. But having the choice that anything can happen we don't know what's around the corner. You don't know about illness. You don't know about job losses. You don't know about, you know, an accident that could happen. And you go, I need to take two or three years just to care for myself or someone in my family. Well, you've got to have that choice. Now is the time to create that choice. Now is the time to actually create that passive income and set yourself up. And that's why I'm giving you a free free 60-minute breakthrough session. This is a real estate breakthrough session. I've only got a few for the week. Make sure that you book it in. It's free. Um, you can have 60 minutes with one of my advisors that'll go through your goals, dreams, aspirations, where you're at, where you want to go, what it means to get there and a way forward for you. So it's iloverealestate.tv forward slash questions forward slash. So anyone who's listening to me rather than watching me at the moment, make sure you write that down. I love realestate.tv forward slash questions forward slash. And that'll get you onto a page where you can lock in one of those appointments. Make sure that you do that. Make sure that you actually set the time aside. You write it in your in your diary so you don't miss the uh, miss the time at all. Um, and they're, they're, they're times limited, so make sure that you've, you've, you know, you don't, you turn up on time because they're going to be there on time. Make sure you are as well. Sixty minutes free. Let's get you. Uh, let's talk about your situation and uh, you know what you can do to maximise these next few years. Now let's get on back to the uh, the rest of the um, the masterclass. Let's talk about commodity markets. Commodity markets are up. This is a, uh, a chart you can see. Now, this is copper. A lot of the, the buoyancy in the Australian economy right now is flowing through to other sectors, such as our Australian dollar has come up substantially, um, and that's mainly on the back of us being a resource basin. Resources are up. The price of copper is up. The price of iron is up. The price of steel is up. All the commodities that we are rich in, we're seeing a massive surge in, which means that our export dollar is obviously more as well. So, and you know that then plays into the fact that more people want our currency, so our currency's gone up. So, by and large, we are, uh, you know, we're, we're doing very well internationally. Add that to what I spoke about before with the hor hor horrific things that are going around the world with COVID. Um, you know, we're very, very well placed. Property-wise, the biggest problem for Australian property right now is I feel like we are deja vu with a slim, dusty song called The Pub With No Beer. <laughs> because The Pub With No Beer is all about we've got a pub, but we've got no beer to sell. That's what it's like in the property market right now. You know, we've got, we've got stock here, but nobody's selling. So the listings are down. <laughs> That's another reason that property prices are going up because our overall listings, if you look right across the board, uh, you know, his his uh, 2021, we are way below where we have been. 2016, 17, 18, 19, 20, they're all much, much higher from a listing perspective than uh, than we're seeing right now. So we just haven't got enough stock to sell. Weekly clearances are up. You know, if you look at the auctions, obviously they dropped through COVID, but look at them now with the highest we've been for uh, almost a decade now. 
Um, so, you know, massive, massive uh, increase there we're seeing. Clearances are up. If you look at the, the, uh, the auction clearances per state, you know, Sydney, 81.5% clearance rate. Melbourne, 77.3%. Brisbane, 689 Adelaide, 72%. Uh, Perth's actually the lowest at 46 It's still a little bit soft. Uh, couldn't get the figures there for uh, Tassie and Canberra at 91. So, look, right across the board, we are seeing clearance rates very, 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 very strong. Now, that means we've got a strengthening market. Now, the other thing that's going on with that is the movement within Australia. So, where, uh, where are the increases in population? <laughs> it's Brisbane. If you look at the capital cities, people moved there. 30,000 people moved out of Sydney. Um, they didn't all come to Queensland, I might add. They went into regional areas. There's a lot of movement that way to go into regional areas out of the capital because they can start to live the tree change or the sea change or the whatever, work from home, commute, those sort of things becoming easier for them to do. So 30,000 people out of Sydney, uh, 9,000 out of Melbourne, 2,000 out of Adelaide, Darwin 1,800, uh, Canberra only 650, and they probably only went to Queanbeyan anyway, um, about 400, Perth 700, and uh, Brisbane is actually up by 13,000, nearly 800. So 13,800 new people um, for uh, the June, that's ending June um, 2020. So we we're still waiting on the next lot of figures, but it's going to be a lot higher than that. So population of, of Queensland is certainly growing uh, because of a lot of the work from home and also the, uh, you know, the, the lack of problems that we've actually had up here, let's face it. Let's get on to the work from home phenomenon. What does it actually mean? Well, there was a survey done during the week, which the, the results came out from. You know, this guy here sitting with his kid on the on the, uh, the the lap and and sitting at his computer and managing and all those kind of things. It actually, this is the image that we see, but the reality is it doesn't have to be that way. A lot of us have been able to set up very, very nicely from home and uh, with all of the equipment and all of the technology and everything else, just like I'm coming to you from here in my studio, um, you know, this is on my farm. This is on my farm on the Sunshine Coast and, you know, I can, I can effectively communicate, don't have to run around all over the countryside. So there's been a lot of pluses that have come out from a, a work balance lifestyle uh, situation. In fact, the survey came out and said 60, this was an American survey I might add, but 65% people um, that are working from home or working remotely, 65% of them uh, said they want to stay that way. 33% they'd like a hybrid model and the rest were, um, you know, they want to return to the office. Only 2% said they actually wanted to return to the office. But another question I thought was quite interesting in the survey said that if you, if you couldn't work from home anymore, would you start looking for another job? 58% of people said yes, they would. So there's a big push towards this work from home. 31% said not sure and 11% um, and said that the, uh, the working from home was not essential. Some of the advantages that they came up with saying that why they wanted to do this was the fact that there was no commute, there was cost savings, which is true. Um, some of the downside was there is an inability to unplug and that is the downside of you know even being in your own business. But flowing over to uh, to employees, it's the same thing because you can't just get away. You're physically, you know, you can you can work through to eight, nine o'clock at night, which is what I tend to do some of the times unless I stop myself. Um, so that's been a big, a big, big problem. Distractions from home and then uh, technical problems. Well, I think 
Australia is actually probably one of the worst in that department because our technology is not as good as other, other areas. This whole MBN fiasco that we've been living through, uh, you compare us to places like Korea, my God, we are so backward in that department. We're improving, but we're still backward. So the pre-COVID work, pre work from home was about 21%, had some penetration being able to work from home. Post-COVID, we're up to 63%. And one of the big things that's happening uh, from an economics perspective is the fact that people and businesses are spending a lot more money on technology uh, to be able to set things up so that they can uh, work more effectively from home. So that's one of the interesting things to come out of the week. So just to finish up, I thought I would uh, come and talk about Australia generally. Um, we've had, we've had um, Anzac Day during the week and, you know, we really are the lucky country. We, we I think to, to a large extent, I'm probably going to get in trouble for this, but to a large extent, I think some of the... Um, the, the spirit of the Anzacs and the diggers and, you know, pulling together and help your mate and all of those kind of things. It, it came to the surface when we, when we first had the shock of COVID, but I think it's waned um, and uh, I, I'm disappointed at that. I think we need to be more, let's help each other out a lot more than we have before. But when you ever, whenever you do have adversity, humans generally come together to, uh, to help out your mate, to survive. You know, we are a, a societal um, human race. We, we, we thrive with society. We are stronger together than we are as individuals. I mean, we don't have a dinosaur eating us, but we have a lot more hardship when we don't actually pull together. So... We are the lucky country. I think that's really been brought to the fore with all of the images that we've seen right around the world, particularly in India. I mean, that just breaks my heart. And Brazil, I was talking to my dentist the other day and, and he's from Brazil and, you know, his, his um, family are all surgeons and the like. And they said, you know, I've got people, got young people dying and they can't do anything for them, you know. And it's, it's horrible. It's a horrible thing going on. Look at us here. You know, as I said, we can still go to the beach or go for a walk and, you know, we can still live our lives relatively, uh, you know, the same as we had before. And uh, I just want to want to put the good feeling out there, spread the love that love Australia, love yourself um, and love each other because we are the lucky country and we want to remain that way. And the more um, proud we are of our country and who we are and what we stand for, the more we're going to be able to hang on to that. So that's my good message for the week, my my truth bomb of the week, if you like. So don't forget, make sure you take up one of those uh, free breakthrough sessions, the real estate breakthrough sessions. They're 60 minutes long with one of my advisors. Um, the way to grab one of those, there's only a few of them, is iloverealestate.tv forward slash questions forward slash. So uh, I know you're going to get a lot of benefit just for having those, those appointments um, because this is a time when you can't afford to be mucking around. This is free. Take me up on my offer. Get one of those very limited appointments so that you can uh, really, really put yourself in the best position to be able to move forward. So that's it from me from the week. I've enjoyed uh, chatting today. I hope you have as well. If you're watching this, uh, fantastic. You've seen all of my slides and everything else. If you're listening to this, I really super encourage you to jump across to my website, iloverealestate.tv. Not only grab one of those appointments, but also subscribe to these so you get them coming out on a regular basis. Um, they'll be posted on my Facebook and everything else as well. So thank you so much, guys. Uh, love to you all. Stay safe and uh, stay connected. Bye for now.